Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. The following is a Hoopball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Well, at the risk of using up some of our really interesting data, we're going to get into some really interesting data today on the show upcoming. A happy Thursday to you all. It's November the 12th, trucking along here. We're going to be in 2021 before you know it. We're going to be at NBA opening day before you know it because we are at 40, I believe, is the countdown now. Am I getting that right? Holy crap. Yeah. My goodness. We're 40 days from the start of the NBA season. This is Fantasy NBA Today. I'm Dan Bespris. Thanks, as always, for tuning in, everybody. This is a hoop ball presentation, which right now is very heavily brought to you by the products for sale over at hoop-ball.com, including, but not limited to, the draft guide, the Brewski 150, the Fantasy Pass, new for this year. It's $4.99 a month for that sucker. Here's the thing. I realize that a lot of us are waiting for our Yahoo leagues to open. I get it. I get it. So you probably haven't invested in anything yet. But here's the other side of that equation. Hoopball is ahead of the game. We've got our stuff out and ready to go before everybody else. And the price will only go up on things. We always open with our lowest rate. Always. So if you're thinking about getting it, you should be doing it now. And I know it's very easy to just be like, you know what, I'll get it when I get my when my league opens, when I can see my league, when I can start organizing some players. Nah, get the fantasy pass now. That's the one you want if you're not into betting. If you're into betting too, we've got the Hoopball 360, which is uh awesome. It's got our all of our fantasy stuff. The fantasy pass has the Brewski 150, Aaron's unbelievable list that just dominates every year. If you're not using that, you're you're frankly a buffoon. Uh it has the draft guide, which has four hundred player breakdowns in it 400 deep hoop ball goes people are nuts writing this thing dfs pass which i would recommend you guys start getting into because that's how you make the playoffs more fun that's how you shorten the off season and bring in some other sports to your enjoyment it has all of the in-season tools as well that's the fantasy pass at four dollars and 99 cents a month didn't Netflix just go up to like $17? You Believe me, you can afford the Fantasy Pass if you're in any paid leagues. Or, you know what, even if you're in a free league and you just want to beat your friends into submission. Fantasy Pass, $4.99 a month. Go to hoop-ball.com. Get it right this second. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or just Google search Dan from Hoopball. Hoopball on Twitter is at HoopballFantasy. Very easy to remember. 
uh, go check that out immediately. Not going to spend a ton of time talking about all the things going on at HoopBall. This is a week to talk about product launch, so we've done that. Um, shout out to our guys over at HoopBall Gaming, by the way, since that is sort of adjunct to what we're talking about right now. Um, just grinding, man. Putting out pods every day, putting out winners every day, having a blast, doing it. And don't worry, we'll tell you about my bookie a little bit later on in the show. We, uh, I mean, we have, just when you thought, <laughs> you know, I, I was mentioning it yesterday, early in the morning, before the podcast came out, and then I think I even said something about it on yesterday's show, where I was like, look, it feels like the NBA is right at this energy inflection point. And, and to be perfectly frank, we still have not cleared it. We're not over that inflection point yet. I'm starting to see small chunks of you returning to the podcast. How can you tell, Dan, you ask? Well, uh, when I look to see what downloads look like on an individual day for a podcast, it's actually important to look at downloads on every episode for a given day. So all of a sudden, you know, you log in and you see that someone, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60, whatever people have downloaded a show from three months ago, you know that that's people that subscribed and haven't logged in in a while. Now they logged in and they're like, oh, all these back episodes are downloading at the same time, which is cool. It pumps up the numbers on our end. But more than anything, it's just nice to have you guys coming back, even if it's slowly, even if it's, you know, a handful at a time. It's getting there. I can feel it. I can feel you guys returning to the insanity. This week will be probably the biggest downloads week we've had since, like, April, when everybody decided, ah, crap, NBA's not coming back for a while. And that's just the start. It's just the start. So welcome back. Welcome into new folks. I've had some people hit me up on Twitter to say just started listening to the show. Welcome. We're so thrilled to have you. One of the things that's really fun about running a podcast is that um, there's just there's an enjoyment every time one new person finds the show. So if you like what you're hearing, if these shows are enjoyable, if you end up sticking around, thank you in advance. Uh, please drop a five-star review on iTunes, the podcast app. That's the one that really drives the market, and uh, I'll be grateful to you forever. From a news standpoint, to sort of dive back into the thread that started that discussion, yesterday in the morning I said I thought that we were right around the NBA's energy inflection point, meaning there is a moment, and it happens every single year. Uh, obviously, most years, the, t the calendar is a little bit different. It happens like around, actually about this far in advance, about 40 days before the NBA season. That's about when it happens. So like looking at September of last year was, it, it started to ramp up a little bit. And then October of last year, that's when everything just exploded. Once you get to within about three, three, four weeks or so of the season, things go completely nuts. So I thought, you know, we're, we're probably about a week and a half, two weeks away from things really going bananas in NBA circles. Just NBA Twitter going crazy, NBA podcast listenership going crazy. And by the way, I still stand by that remark. I still think that's correct. But I will say that the news that was breaking last night and this morning was maybe something that could fast track it a little bit. 
For those that are not familiar with what I'm talking about, by the way, news just broke while we're on air that Mike Conley will exercise his uh, his team option or his player option for $34.5 million. That's the least surprising thing I've ever seen. That dude was not making $35 million on the open market, so Mike Conley back to Utah. That's not the news I was talking about. The news that broke last night was that Russell Westbrook wants out of Houston, which is... That is guffaw-level hilarious that Westbrook now has decided that he doesn't want to be a part of this insanity. So, you know, breaking down this from a fantasy standpoint is, I think, relatively simple. Um, I, you know, I, I could look at all 30 teams individually and tell you which ones his value would go up and which he'd go down, but let's just make our lives easy and say... His value would go up almost everywhere if he got traded. Um, He has said he wants to go to a contender where he can also be more of a floor general. I don't see that as a possible destination. Apparently, uh, rumors are already circulating that Kawhi Leonard has reached out, uh, that that Westbrook would like to go to a team like the Bucks. Like, okay, that... If you go to the Bucs, you're not the floor general. That's Giannis. If you go to the Clippers, you're not the floor general. They have two of those, including one who you've played with before. I think it's all fluff. We've heard the Knicks. We've heard the Hornets. The rumors are going to swirl around Westbrook because that's now what his camp needs to create. They need to manufacture demand for their guy where there isn't really demand for their guy. Admittedly, adding Westbrook to the Hornets would make them better. Adding Westbrook to the Knicks would make them better. But we've talked about this so many times, and I, I'm hesitant to do it again, but I know that there are new people listening, so those of you that have been listening to the show for four years, just bear with me. I have argued for at least two and a half or three years on this show that Russell Westbrook has the narrowest gap between floor and ceiling of any star player that I can remember in the NBA. Like, any team that he's on is going to be in this very narrow band of success. They're going to be probably from just slightly over 500 to a tiny bit better than that. That's the Westbrook impact. And by the way, that band is shifting lower by the year as he gets older and his body starts to show signs of wear and tear. But at the same time, the heart wants what the heart wants. He wants to go back to being the man, even if it means less success, because that's the only way he goes back to being the man. If he's a a team that he's on that could win, he'd have to be a number two or number three guy. It would have to be similar to a Rocket situation, but with uh, complementary pieces that make more sense. Meaning, uh, James Harden, if he moved around, or you know, having some big men to help Russ with his defensive rebounding numbers to get out and run. The, the, Houston, the Houston build was not great for his particular game. I'll give him that. I will give Westbrook the notion that that wasn't a very good fit for a number of reasons. And we all saw that coming a year ago. There wasn't a single non-ESPN personality that thought the Harden-Westbrook thing was going to work. 
I thought that from a longer term perspective, it was the better move because, you know, you got four years younger from Chris Paul to Westbrook, even if there wasn't a, a large game to game impact. And as it turned out, Chris Paul turned back the clock and Westbrook turned the clock forward. So Paul ended up being a far better option this most recent season. But like two years from today, Westbrook will be better than Chris Paul. And I don't think that's an, a really an arguable point. Because Chris Paul is going to be, what, like 38 at that point? And Westbrook will be 34? Not that either one of them is on the upswing, but I think it's pretty safe to say Westbrook at 34 will be a more uh, feared NBA player than Chris Paul at 38, even if neither one of them is that feared at that point. But that's that's besides the point. Uh, for this most recent season, it really didn't work. It was probably never truly going to work. And... I mean, even a couple days ago, the rumors were like, oh, things are um, things are afoot in Houston. And then the, the Shams tweet last night solidified it. But again, almost any place that Westbrook goes where there's a reasonable chance he could end up, like he's not going to the Lakers. I get it. If he goes to the Lakers, his value stays a little bit clunkier. But that's it's not happening. They're, they're not trading for him. It's not happening. He's not going to the Clippers. If he ends up getting moved here in the next couple of weeks leading into the season, because once you demand a trade, it's pretty damn hard to actually play part of a year with that team. Most of the places he could go, he'll have a, a an uptick in value. If he gets traded to one of those lower-level Eastern Conference teams, he'll be a monster. You'll see the efficiency dip. Hopefully he doesn't go back to chucking three-pointers, but he could end up being an eight-category behemoth, especially if his free-throw shooting doesn't go back into the tank completely. So something certainly to keep a very close watch on from a fantasy standpoint. From a reality standpoint, it's just a hell of a story. Russell Westbrook wants out. Nobody wants to be playing with James Harden right now. And, you know, some of that is just the way that they've built their offense to, you know, he gets the ball. Anytime there's not a transition opportunity, it just goes to Harden, and then everybody goes to their spot. I get it. If you're a guy who has been used to controlling the basketball, you're not really going to want to play with Harden for very long. And everybody says the right thing. It'll be fine. We'll figure it out, blah, blah, blah. It just doesn't work. Harden is exclusively an on-ball offensive player. There, are, In fact, there are very few players in the entire NBA that are as incredibly useful holding the basketball as James Harden, while at the same time being so completely useless when not holding the basketball as James Harden. The... Like, his, his, his NBA talent level, when he's in control of the ball, is Hall of Fame level. No question. With the ball in his hands, he's a Hall of Fame basketball player. Off ball, he is probably bottom five in the NBA. He doesn't do anything. He just stands there. He stands there watching his teammates go four on five. It's the weirdest damn thing. It's just not in his DNA. So people are like, oh, Harden. So guys get, you know, he gets a, a bad rap. People say that he's lazy or doesn't play defense and stuff like that, which is just not really true. I mean, he's he's among the league leaders in steals uh, from a, and, and blocks, frankly, from a guard position annually. So a lot of that stuff is overblown. But when you literally don't move when you're not holding the basketball, it looks bad and it is bad, particularly come playoff time where you just can't get away with it. The Lakers exposed the Rockets. They just took the ball out of Harden's hand, asked Wessel, uh, you know, forced Westbrook into taking jumpers, and Houston had nothing. 
They had no solution at that point and just got run out of the gym. Right? Didn't the Lakers lost the first game of that series and then won four in a row, right? Am I, am I remembering that properly? They're like, oh, okay, this is what we have to do. And then just, boink, done. Who can even match Westbrook's salary is another question. I mean, he's... he's who, who would even want to? Dude is owed $130 million over the next three seasons, this one and two more, because he will exercise his option for that third year. There's zero question of that. Who would do such a thing? What team is so deep in the doldrums that they would mortgage basically like three whole years? Like, what are you trying to accomplish? The only team, as I look at all 30 in the NBA where I could make a cogent argument, is the New York Knicks. And I'm sure my handful of Knicks fans on this podcast are like, no! And I get it. It doesn't make sense from a long-term perspective. It's a horrible idea because he's the kind of player that will jump you into that race for the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. Your draft picks won't be as good, and you still won't have any chance to advance in the playoffs. But sometimes when you've been horrible as long as the Knicks have, even a little bit of good news can feel like a big thing. Right? Like, the Knicks have been atrocious for a long time now. A long time. Um, let's, let's look at some recent records for, uh, for the Knicks. Uh, you guys want to guess the last time they had a winning record? 2012-2013. It's been eight years ago, the last time they had a winning record. And they were, uh, they were actually pretty decent that year. Knicks went 54-28. and They were first in the Atlantic Division. Uh, that was a team that had Mello... Marcus Camby, Jason Kidd was still playing. I think he was like 18 years deep at that point. Uh, Kenyon Martin was was still playing at that point. Here, let's throw a few names at you guys. It'll, this, this will be fun for you. Uh, by the way, interesting to note, Iman Shumpert was already in the NBA at that, at that point. That surprised me to see that. Steady State, Kurt Thomas was hanging around. Sheed was at the end of his career at that point. Fat Ray Ray was on that team. Ray Felton, Steve Novak, Pablo Prigioni, Q, Quentin Richardson, Tyson Chandler was in there, uh, Earl Barron. So they were decent. They were decent. Eight years ago, they were decent. And even that was a little bit of a flash in the pan because uh, they were 54-28 and 28 that year. They had a winning record two years earlier, 2010-11, when they went 42-40. and 40. They had a winning record in the shortened 11-12 season at 36 and 30. Um, if you move outside of that, it's a long haul. 99-2000 and then 2000-2001, they had winning records. And then the Knicks were 22 games under 500, 8 under, 4 under, 16 under, 36 under. Woof. Back to 16 under. Back to 36 under, 18 under, 24 under. So, anyway, we're not going to go all the way back in the early mid-90s. We know the Knicks were good at that point. But it has been, it's been a haul. It's been a haul for these Knicks. So, that's my argument there. It says just be adequate for a couple of years, and I think people will feel better. I don't think anybody expects the Knicks to just leap into 
championship contention. And from a rebuild standpoint, I don't see them as being that far along. Right? Like, it's not like if you didn't trade for Westbrook, you're coming up out of the rebuild. I like Mitchell Robinson. What else? Who else can you sell me? You know, I'm not that high on R.J. Barrett. I don't like Kevin Knox. Alfred Payton, retread at point guard, who's been doing fine. But, I mean, you're talking about a team that is truly bad. And then Julius Randle, who, like, is he really going to be the, the piece of your championship contender? That is a bad team, and not even one where you're like, oh, the prospects look great. So maybe you maybe you just go do something to be okay for a couple of years. Otherwise, I can't make the argument. Like Charlotte was another place that he's been linked to, but they're young and a lot of guys that are getting better and are interesting. Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, Miles Bridges. They, they, they have play at P.J. Washington. They have guys that I look at, and I'm like, this team could actually get slowly a little bit better. Who else would even, you know... What about a team like Orlando? I don't even know if they could make contracts match, but do you give up on Markel Fultz, pair him up with like an Aaron Gordon, and just say, here, Westbrook and Vooch, this is my duo now. I guess I could make an argument there. There's not a single team in the Western Conference that I look at them and think, you should put Westbrook on that team and see what happens. Not one. Not one. 15 teams, not one, makes sense. With Russ. And if you wanted more NBA news, this morning a report surfaced that Victor Oladipo was basically asking other teams, quote, can I come play with y'all in front of his teammates? This was uh, a report from uh, Jay Michael, who covers the Pacers for the Indianapolis Star. And then uh, the tweet that went viral was from a dude named Jordan Heck. Uh, Brutal. That's brutal. Victor Oladipo, we knew he wanted out, but to hear that he was doing this all of last year, he was terrible last year. He said, I can come play, can I come play with y'all? If I'm on one of those other teams, I'm looking back at him like, not like that, you can't. Gimping around all year, I get it. I mean, he had a, a, a bad injury, and I'm not going to hold that against him, but... That's pretty rough when you're not even bringing something to your own team and you're asking out. Dude needs to give his team a chance. I, I don't. I don't like this at all. Um, I get it. We're in the era of player empowerment, but you ain't going to a, too many places that are going to put you in a better spot. And it's not like Oladipo's been around for 15 years and is championship chasing. He had one really, really good year. In Indiana, with Indiana, and we all were like, oh, this is interesting. Maybe he's finally coming into his own, and then the injury bug struck. Some other stuff regressed. It sort of held on for another year. I don't know, man. That's rough. He's a guy that could see his fantasy value bounce in a lot of different directions if he does get moved. I don't, you know, if I'm the Pacers, I'm just hanging on here and telling him, figure this out. Figure it out, man. You got good teammates. You got a good thing going. Pacers have a really nice starting lineup, actually. Sabonis, Miles Turner, TJ Warren, Victor Oladipo, Malcolm Brogdon. I, I'm envy, I'd be envious of that starting lineup if I'm a lot of teams in the NBA. And if Oladipo's like, yeah, I want out, um, you know, maybe you can get something for him. But if I'm the Pacers, I'm telling him, look, you play your butt off here at the beginning of the year. You look valuable. Maybe we can get you off this roster. 
if we can get somebody else who's an NBA-caliber guy and get some assets in the process. But we ain't trading you right now, not while you've looked horrible for a year and a half, which is the situation, unfortunately, the Rockets put themselves in. They're now going to have to move Westbrook, who had a pretty good regular season but got undressed in the playoffs like his superstar teammate. Ah, NBA. You really... The NBA it handles... <laughs> handles rumor mill better than anyone. I mean, it's just not close. Don't you love it? Don't you just love it? I uh, told you guys about what's going on at Hoopball already, and please do get the Fantasy Pass. Again, it's just $4.99 a month. This is... It's going to change... Look, if you're listening to this show, then you want to win your Fantasy League. This is the other way to do it. You get your draft guide, you get your projections, you get your B150, you get your in-season stuff, you get access all year long to who's Hoopball's best writers and best podcasters. The Fantasy Pass, $4.99 a month. But also, we got to sell some other things because we got corporate sponsors too. MyBookie.ag. Don't worry, guys. I'm keeping my eyes glued for the next monster promo, and I, I firmly believe that it's coming. Basically, as soon as NBA or college basketball gets close, you're going to see some of those odds boosts. You're going to see some other stuff pop up. They've got these specialty parlays. They've got Masters tournament odds right now. Um, you got to get over there. You can bet on Thursday, Thursday night football. You can bet on the Thursday night college slate, Colorado State, Boise State tonight. What do I know about it? Nothing. But you can still do it. They got prop bets. They got squares. They got survivor tournaments. They got free blackjack tournaments. That's what I've been crushing lately. I got got one entry in a tournament that's actually hanging on a little bit right now. So, you know, cross your fingers for Danny Boy. Make sure when you sign up at MyBookie, use promo code HOOPBALL. As I said before, I'm pretty sure you can play the blackjack tournaments without even making a deposit. So that's pretty cool. And then if you do make a deposit, I believe with Bitcoin, it's a minimum of either 20 or 25. With credit card, I know it's a minimum 45 deposit because that's how I bought in and was sort of checking things out a little bit. Uh, I've been with my bookie since January. I've had zero issues of any kind. They've been fantastic. Cashing out is easy. Right now, I'm just waiting on uh, election results to get certified because I had a whole bunch of money on various election props and I hit them all. So good for me. That's what I get for studying that stuff, breathing heavily for the last couple of years, uh, cashing some tickets. So sign up, mybookie.ag. Promo code is hoopball. Bet with us, then get paid. You can, again, cash out. Make your money back and cash out and then just play with the house money. I don't care what you do with it. Go have some fun over there. Here's where we're going to start. A uh, good friend of the show, uh, Hidden Upside on Twitter, has been running leagues and has been updating a chart with ADPs from different eight and nine category leaks. So they are blended together right now. But I thought some of this data was useful, so I'm going to throw it out there to you guys, and we'll uh, we'll break a little bit of it down. Although today, uh, I mostly just want to get the information out there, and then perhaps, you know, if this, barring any other massive NBA news, we can sort of... Uh, uh, dovetail this discussion into tomorrow and then through the weekend because I do think that this is something that folks are going to get and those weekend shows they've got a little bit more shelf life than the other ones so uh, here's some information on a, a handful of drafts it's not a ton it's not like when you get Yahoo ADPs and it's built based on 5,000 10,000 drafts these are uh, 10 pro drafts 
generally for head-to-head leagues. So if you notice something is a little bit out of whack, that might be why. Uh, and it's eight and nine category numbers mushed together, which is, by the way, that's also how Yahoo does their ADP. They don't separate the two. No points leagues data in here, thank goodness, because that's how ESPN does their rankings, and that really biffs things. So let's run through some of the names here, and then tomorrow we'll come back around and we will analyze where some of these guys are. Uh, top 10 right now is James Harden, Anthony Davis, Luka Doncic, Carl Anthony Towns, Giannis, Nikola Jokic, Damian Lillard, Trey Young, Jason Tatum, and Kawhi Leonard. A couple of interesting things in that grouping more so on the names being left out than the names making it in, because you can make a pretty reasonable argument in one format or the other, or both, that all 10 of those guys are worthy of being selected that soon. Um, But as I give you the next 10 names, you'll hear a couple of the guys that I thought, oh, interesting. Uh, Pick 11 is LeBron, Steph Curry at 12, Devin Booker at 13, Bam Adebayo. Uh, By the way, um... We, we also have some some slight movement on some of these names as well, based on, you know, recent news and recent drafts being added to the mix. 15 was KD, Ben Simmons, 16, Bradley Beal at 17, Joel Embiid, then John Collins, and Paul George. That's your top 20. This is where I'm expecting Paul George is going to go. It seems like he's a late second-round pick. Uh, remains a guy that we are keeping an eye on as this podcast goes. Very surprised to see Steph Curry going at 12. Very, because he had actually played before the uh, season was turned off last year in March. And, and this is to me the most important part, it wasn't foot stuff. It wasn't leg stuff with him where he needs to rebuild conditioning. Uh, It was hand. It was his non-shooting hand. Warriors are going to be in it to win it. I think Steph goes earlier in most drafts as we add more drafts to the mix. But if he really is going this late, uh mind blown and then KD at 15 this is frankly more where I thought he should be going and then I'm seeing him go more like 10 11 in some spots so let's keep an eye on him as well 21 through 30 and again by the way we're going to be doing uh deeper analysis on this stuff tomorrow Kristaps Porzingis Russell Westbrook who's been falling Jimmy Butler at 23 um I've got to think a lot of that has to do with how many games he missed last year but some of it should have to do with what he's gonna miss Donovan Mitchell, Kyrie Irving. Uh, Irving at 25, by the way, is notable. Yusuf Nurkic at 26. Rudy Gobert, 27. Brandon Ingram. This is too early for me at 28. Zach Levine at 29. And uh, Nikola Vucevic at 30. I'm super into Vuce at 30. But again, I'm not going to spend too much time on any one of these guys right now. DeAndre Ayton at 31. Jamal Murray. Pascal Siakam. Damanis Sabonis. That's pretty early for Demo. Uh, Andre Drummond at 35, Drew Holiday 36, that's pretty low for him, uh, but who knows, maybe he gets moved. Freddie Van Vliet at 37, Rob Covington at 38, Shea at 39, and John Morant at 40. Kyle Lowry is at 41. Interesting, although there are rest day uh, issues potentially there, even though we do love him as a guy that falls too far every time. Darren Fox at 42, Chris Paul at 43, that one completely blew my mind that is how terrified people are of a potential trade if he really does fall that far you have to take him i thought people were going to be taking him in the 15 range 15 to 20 uh so this is actually pretty this is striking and the head-to-head element does i think play a bit of a role there uh but he was one of the best head-to-head players in the nba this last year and even if he gets traded 
I don't think that hurts his ability to actually get into ball games down the stretch. If anything, he goes to a team that is competing down the stretch. JJJ at 44, D'Angelo Russell at 45, Lonzo 46, Zion 47, DeMar DeRozan at 48. Um, I could probably consider taking him a little earlier than that. Chris Middleton, very low at 49, and Miles Turner at 50. Let's keep chugging along here. I think this is really... uh, I want to list the top 100. You guys can have your immediate reactions. Maybe we'll talk a bit about it on Twitter and... uh, that, that, to me, feels like a pretty good schedule for this thing. Mitchell Robinson at 51. Clint Capella at a re- extraordinarily low 52. Jalen Brown, Devontae Graham, Christian Wood. Uh, 56 is Ricky Rubio. Then Kemba, super low, not surprising there. JV at 58. Dre at 59. And CJ McCollum, always safe, at 60. Marcus Smart starts the next batch. Marcus Smart, TJ Warren, John Wall. That's an interesting little note on kind of where he's been popping up. LaMarcus Aldridge at 64. Thomas Bryant at 65. DeJounte Murray, Kevin Love, Brooke Lopez, Malcolm Brogdon, and Clay Thompson. It's pretty low for Clay. Uh, Jared Allen, 71. Too early for me. Um, they're going to play too much DeAndre Jordan. I can almost guarantee it. Tobias Harris at a ridiculous 72. By the way, that's nuts. He should get a bump in head-to-head for playing in every damn game. Uh, Kelly Oubre at 73, Mikel Bridges 74, Wendell Carter Jr., uh, Buddy Heald, Victor Oladipo, Kobe White, Julius Randle, and Gordon Hayward. That's your top 80. We'll do 20 more names here. Aaron Gordon, who's been moving up the board. Curse you, foul world. This, I thought, might be the year we could steal him at a super late price. OG Ananobi at 82, Colin Sexton, Derek White, and Lowry Markkinen. Get you to 85. Hoop Ball's prodigal son, Rashawn Holmes at 86. Terry Rozier. Karis Levert, way too high, unless you think he's getting traded. Davis Bertans at 89 and Steven Adams at 90. Uh, and the last 10 we'll talk about or uh, give you this morning. Danilo Gallinari at 91. Markel Fultz at 92. People are starting to believe a little bit there. Eric Bledsoe, way late at 93. Brandon Clark. Boyan Bogdanovich at 95. Marvin Bagley, Mike Conley, Hassan Whiteside, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Got him clustered here. Bogdanovich grouping. And then Andrew Wiggins is uh, number 100. A couple of notes here on guys you're finding outside the top 100 on this particular list. And again, this is not with, uh, you know, 10,000 sample size. But, you know, put it, put it in the back of your head. Evan Fournier, Blake Griffin, Montrez Harrell, Michael Porter Jr. outside the top 100 and Otto Porter Jr. That really surprised me. I, I mean, I think we see Michael Porter Jr. going closer to 50 in drafts as we get closer to, to uh, opening day because I think you start to see big sites put him on their sleeper list like no one was paying attention during the bubble, and all of a sudden his ADP is just going to crash through the roof. It's going to, yeah, I mean, you're not getting him at this point. Other notable names outside the top 100 on this one, Dennis Schroeder, because if Chris Paul gets moved and he doesn't, there's all sorts of goodies there. Um, Norman Powell at 121. Serge Ibaka at 122. I think he probably signs at a place where he's going to see reasonable chunk of minutes. Uh, My guy Daniel Tice at 127, although I get it. In eight category spots, that's going to depressive value. But I don't know. I don't. I don't believe that the Celtics are grabbing a center until they actually do it. Danny Ainge tends to be uh, pretty conservative with stuff like that. Will Barton at 129. He was great last year. Terrence Ross 134. He finished the season outstanding. So there's a lot of really interesting falling dudes 
as per usual. And that is where we'll put a pin in things on this Thursday because I want to save the deep dives on some of this data for tomorrow. And of course, we'll be spending a lot of time on ADPs uh, specifically from Yahoo Fantasy once they get their stuff open. That will truly be the day that we celebrate because right now, most of us can't get into our leagues. Womp womp. Manscaped.com is our final sponsor here to talk about on this episode of Fantasy NBA Today. Manscaped.com promo code is HoopBall20. Please do check out the Weed Whacker and their premium nail kit. They've given us permission now to really hype some of their non-lawnmower products on the show, and I love them. First of all, they're cheaper. I shouldn't say cheaper. That's not the right word. That's bad marketing. They're more affordable. The price is lower. They're not a cheaper device. They're still great, super high-quality device. They just they are less expensive than the lawnmower, which is the traditional sideburn trimmer or trimmer overall. The Weed Whacker ear and nose hair, uh, and then the luxury nail kit, as I mentioned yesterday, is only 20 bucks. It's awesome. It's great. you got to get one. Uh, use the promo code. That'll get you 20% off, so that would go down to 16 bucks and free shipping on your orders. Do it now, manscaped.com. They're a great partner for us. Uh, I love the rep we've got over there. Shout out to Kyle at Manscaped for hooking up this amazing partnership. He loves basketball. We love working with these guys. Uh, go throw a couple of coins their way. But again, if you're going to buy anything this week in particular, make it the Fantasy Pass at hoop-ball.com. $4.99 a month, guys. That is nothing. It's nothing. There is, during draft season, you're locked in for six months because you're getting the draft guide and the Brewski 150. So there's this sort of front-end thing. Uh, the draft guide by itself this year is 20 bucks, And the Fantasy Pass... For $30, gets you the draft guide, early Brewski 150 access, and the entire season, basically. Well, six months from now, so it'll get you to mid-May, which is almost the entire season, I believe, this year, of all of our in-season premium stuff. It is an unbeatable deal anywhere in the fantasy landscape. Tell me you can find a place where you get their guide, their list, and all of their in-season tools for $29.94. Find me one. You can't. You can't. Not with a 400-player draft guide, a Brewski 150, and Discord chats and live video chats and projections and Dynasty and all that stuff. I mean, the list is so long, I can't do it on the show. So please, guys, please, $4.99 a month, go get it. Do it now before the price goes up in any meaningful way. Even if your league isn't open yet at Yahoo, just get it in advance. It ain't going to hurt you. You're locked in. I'm Dan Bespers. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Again, tomorrow we will deep dive the ADP data we have so far from our boy Hidden Upside. Uh, that should be a fun one. That'll take us through the weekend. And uh, by Monday, who knows? We will have, I'm sure there'll be crazy stuff happening because it's the NBA and it's ramp-up time. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.